you're like me, you probably have a closet full of local band merch. And whether you know it or not, a lot of that band merch was probably made by Divine Shirt Company right here in Winnipeg. Divine Shirt Company has made all of the Great Witch Police merch from our hoodies to our toques to our t-shirts. And if you're looking to get anything done, like screen printing, embroidery, graphic design, digital printing, go to see Divine Shirt Company at divineshirtcompany.ca and tell them which police radio sent you. One of our colleagues, Sam Thompson, who, um, if you saw him, you'd sort of right away assume he was a hippie. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? Hey pals, tis the season and all that good stuff. It's uh, the end of the year, we're into the uh, last few days of December here, and as I always do, I've put together a list of my favorite local albums of the year. This list is always, there's stuff I forget. I mean, I, I talk to, you know, over 100, I do over 100 interviews each year, um, I'm listening to a bunch of other stuff from artists that I haven't interviewed, and there's definitely going to be things I forget, but what I've managed to do is whittle this list down from about 40 albums to 20. And these are sort of the 20 albums that I listened to the most or that had the biggest impact on me by local artists in the past calendar year. Uh, like last year, instead of just publishing a list online, I decided to make uh, this time a series of episodes talking about the records, um, giving you some clips from interviews with the artists, if they're artists I've spoken to, uh, putting some songs in here. It just seems like a better way to flesh out my list rather than just saying one, two, three, four, five, six, etc. So here is the first part of the list. So this is the, uh, I guess, the tail end of the list. I'm going to keep doing five episodes a time until I get to number one. So this will go over uh, the next few weeks. You'll have, uh, or next couple weeks, I guess, you'll have a series of episodes um, highlighting the records that were made by local artists that meant the most to me this year. So uh, starting off with this, this is episode one of this series, I guess you could call it. And uh, it's going to start with number 20, which was the EP by Block Parents. Uh, usually, uh, if people who know me and who listen to the podcast know this well, in the past, I've avoided putting albums on this list that didn't come out in physical format. Um, I'm a stickler for, for hard copies. I like CDs. I like records. I like tapes. I don't use streaming to listen to music. So for the longest time, I was being really stubborn about it and not allowing things that were just out on Bandcamp to make it to my list. But that's really not fair. It's not the artist's fault that for whatever reason... They didn't release something physically. It could be a financial thing. It could be uh, an aesthetic choice. So I do have albums on this list, starting with this one, that were only released out in the digital ether. So starting off is Block Parents. This is from um, uh, basically a super group of local artists. Uh, it was a really cool EP. It was uh, really neat to see them uh, playing some live stuff on the internet uh, during this weird sort of time we're in where, uh, you know, shows still aren't necessarily back to the the level they were, or they kind of are, I guess, but, but anyway, um, really great EP, uh, really kind of soulful, um, rock and roll, dueling vocalists, if you want to call that, uh, two vocalists anyway, both of whom were on the podcast. And, uh, so you're going to hear a clip from that interview talking about the making of the record, talking about sort of putting together this band for this project and, uh, then a song from the EP. So I hope you enjoy it. Block Parents. What's the dynamic like between the two of you? I mean, it's, it, I guess it's got to be, uh, it's a little different, um, you know, obviously you've been in a lot of bands, both of you, and, and playing with other people playing instruments is one thing, but then getting up there and, and like you said, there's two people, sort of uh, co-front people in a band. Did that take a bit of getting used to or, or was it something that clicked immediately? It was perfect for me because I love taking the heat off of myself. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I get to just like sing and not have to be the, the the person that's like let me tell a joke now whoa everyone's tuning guitars <laughs> no. so that's been great <laughs> for me it was it was seamless like as soon as um and to answer your question before like i've been in band novel arrow was a very vocal band a lot of people right, singing right. all the time very different kind of thing but you know with jill it was almost instant that we just started singing together and just it just clicks you know it just um for the most part, like way more than I've ever felt in the past. Um, she just has a natural ability to, to 
know where to, to place herself and it, it it's it's effortless and it's great i love that about it it's a joy <laughs> that's what you want, right? Obviously, that's 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 the, the 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 ultimate goal of singing together is you want it to fit that seamlessly and and, and work that well together. The the one thing I find really surprising about this band is that relatively we we don't practice much. Like we you know we'll come up with covers or maybe an original or something, and it's pretty much like bang 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 bang. Then we play it live, and so that's speaking to people like Jacques and Rob and Jill and you know hopefully myself to just be able to know what to do and there's not a lot of a lot of thinking you know it's almost like everybody just finds their place almost instantly is that just from from like muscle memory kind of just you played in bands for so long that you you are able to to connect that easily and and with a bunch of other people who are also have that breadth of experience or are these songs there's something about them that 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 lends itself to that oh i think it's muscle memory it's because yeah like Rob and Jacques, they're, they're very good musicians. And and it goes beyond just knowing how to play. Like I find one of the most interesting things about playing with people who are really good is that they know not just what notes to play, but but how to play, if you know what I mean. Like where where dynamics should be. And you know, on guitar, um, if if you should be just kind of doing uh shot chords or if there should be a, a line. These are these are things that often take a lot of practices, a lot of thinking, a lot of till you find the right thing. But it it's relatively effortless in this project that's cool that's it's a good yeah good thing to have. and that means that means it's not as predetermined it's not like you know you have a song you come in and say this, everything's going to be just like this which has happened in the past many times it's kind of like here's a skeleton uh let's see what happens after three run-throughs and it just comes together in ways that maybe you didn't expect is that how the writing goes in this band too someone brings in a, a skeleton of a song and, and everyone else just sort of fills it in yeah pretty much yeah it's usually just rough skeletons and then Away we go. <laughs> is that different from how how either of you've worked in other bands? Like, have you had other bands where the the, the, the it's more kind of uh, dictated to people? I guess more sort of this is what you play, this is how you play it, rather than just sort of you know, like you said, sort of organically just getting it and knowing what to play and, and how to play it. I've experienced both ends of that spectrum in bands before, and it all works, you know, for different people. Cool answer, Jill. Yeah, I wouldn't say one is better than the other. Sometimes you need, you know, a direction because otherwise people are just kind of going off like hats. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't think I've ever been in a band where everything's been dictated necessarily. Maybe, maybe when I was younger, when you, you think you know everything and you really don't. But for the most part, it's always been relatively democratic. But I do think there was more time spent in everybody working through different ideas until you stumble upon the sound that you're hoping for and that's as i say what's different about this because it's just kind of like boom oh that's that's neat yeah that's that's really cool
That was a track from Block Parents from their EP, which was my number 20 uh, favorite local album of the year. Coming up next at number 19 is Tinge with Big Deep Sigh. This is another EP and it came out on the House of Wonders label. Uh, House of Wonders has been really good at sort of linking me up with up and coming artists, including a lot of artists that maybe wouldn't have been on my radar otherwise. Uh, I've done, you know, maybe four or five now um, podcasts over the past few years with uh, local musicians who have uh, recorded on that label and released music on that label. And Tinge uh, is a really, really good one. Um, This EP came on a cassette on House of Wonders earlier this year. And uh, you can hear a clip from my interview with uh, Veronica Blackhawk, who is the uh, vocalist, uh, guitar player, kind of uh, driving force behind Tinge. And uh, then you can hear a song. So uh, this is really cool because um, about a month, not even a month ago, a few weeks ago, I got a chance to check out House of Wonders uh, doing a an in-store at uh, Riley Gray, which I'd never been to before. And Tinge was playing, and um, Julian's daughter was playing, and Amos the Kid was playing, all bands on that label that I've had on the show at various times. And uh, yeah, there was like a, kind of an acoustic, um, tiny desk concert kind of vibe to it. I was packed, um, so I didn't get to see much of what was happening, but I could certainly hear it. And uh, Tinge is really good, definitely someone to, uh, a band to watch out for. And I hope you would dig it. Number 19, Tinge. Well, I, I don't want to say I debuted, but like the first time I decided to start playing music uh, under the name Tinge was in 2018. Um, I got accepted into the Folk Fest Younger, Young Performers Program. Um, and it was like two originals and um, a Julian Baker demo. Um, from like it was then. I, I, I liked being able to play solo because it was, you know, it, it wasn't so much to manage at that time. Like I was just coming out of high school and yeah. I was just trying to understand and find a place in in uh, the music scene. And so I, I did I did it solo for like a, a few shows, but eventually, like right off the bat, I knew I needed to find um, a bassist and a, and a percussionist to fill everything out. Uh, Jordan I met him in like ninth grade, so like uh, he was always somebody that I would play uh, play with, even if it wasn't um, like super serious. So he was someone I reached out to right away. And Lincoln Brown was somebody we met kind of later, I, like when I came back into the city after moving around um, Ontario for a bit. Um, yes, yeah. It's. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's, it's especially it's good to find, especially like um, a rhythm section is super important, right? To find one that you actually feel like you can work with well, and having known, you know, one of them for as long as you have, that that's got to help too, right? Having that connection um, with someone uh, friendship level before even the music thing, and, and being able to, you know, that that's always like a a nice thing to have in your back pocket as an artist, having someone that you have known for so long. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, Jordan fills out everything in a way that. It's it's just like impossible. It feels like so hard for me to go back out alone now. Um, just having that additional melody because I like to be super technical in a lot of my riffing, but there are a lot of songs where I kind of it was uh, more written in a meditative state, and all I really did was like play a few chords. And originally, like um, the song, the single that we chose to debut with this month, um, "Arm to the Teeth," originally like. I brought that to them and I kept, I had so many doubts. I doubts. I kept saying, maybe this is just an acoustic one. I play by myself for like the solo gigs. I don't know. It, it's a really simple song, really simple structure. Once I brought it to the guys, you know, Jordan added this bass riff that is just kind of like the primary bones of the song. And, and, you know, um, Lincoln, you know, both of them have been, instrumentalists their whole lives themselves too so it definitely fills out um in a simple like in a simple but just beautiful kind of structure that it is it sounds super um it sounds like we we, we took a lot of time to hone it down but in reality like we kind of just roughed everything together within the past year and worked really really hard within a few like a few minimal practices. Cool, cool. What kind of stuff were you listening to? When you when you first started playing music, what kind of stuff were you listening to and what kind of sounds do you think inspired what it is you do now? Amazing. Okay, perfect. Um, I was really, really inspired by Julian Baker and Phoebe Bridgers. Um, they actually were at the Folk Fest in 2018 
um, when when they were just kind of starting out in their careers. And I had found um, Stranger in the Alps and Sprained Ankle and just absolutely fell in love with it because at the time I was writing and feeling a lot of things that I didn't relate to in kind of the solo uh, female um like a lot of it was like uh, country singers or pop singers. Yeah. And I kind of, what I resonated was with was a lot more um, harder than that. It was a lot more uh, tailored around conversation for mental health and um, just kind of stuff like that. So at first I definitely, like we did, I described myself as an indie folk artist because that more fit what I was doing as just a, uh, um, like a solo singer artist. Um, but later on, once I was able to kind of grasp and attain uh, instrumentalists uh, like uh, with a background like Lincoln and Jordan, um, I was able to kind of fill things out and um, more so do a little bit of like math rock inspired yeah. riffs. If you're familiar, I, I love math rock so much. Um, I have a huge love for like <clears throat> post rock and originally like I wanted to be like a huge post rock band and I, ha I had like this big collection of pedal boards um, over the pandemic and everything. Eventually like things started shrinking down and it just like now I'm now I'm down to two pedals and it's just like super kind of um, it's it's just, it's simpler on my end. It's easier for me as a performer to hone uh, hone live i guess um but i still get to throw in the little tappy riffs and i still get to have the crunchier breakdowns yeah so what do you i guess have you come up with a better way of sort of defining what it is you do now i mean because i know indie folk is one thing but having those elements you just talked about i mean the, the post rock stuff the math rock riffs like that's not something you typically think about with indie folk do you have a, a yeah. better description of it? Um, the wider net, I think, would just be indie rock. Okay. But for more people, for people who are more inclined to kind of um, dig into the subgenres, I, I I believe we're more in the like the Midwest emo kind of feel. Um, yeah. Feeling all kinds of sorry. Self and those around me. Every time they go to fix it, something else is breaking. No
That was a clip and a track from Big Deep Sigh by Tinge and a clip from my interview with Veronica that happened earlier this year. Coming up next at number 18 is Will Bonus Is This a Dream? Will, if you don't already know, is very acclaimed local jazz pianist and composer. He uh, released this album this year. It was a follow-up to his previous record, which actually won a Juno for, for the best, uh, I think it was instrumental jazz album. It was anyway a big deal, a local artist uh, winning a Juno for a, a jazz record. And this was his follow-up. Uh, it's it's really good. Um, I wish I could have put a higher, but uh, unfortunately there was just other stuff I listened to more. But I, I really like it. Um, it's definitely different than his previous records, as we get into in this clip you're about to hear. Uh, it's a very dense-sounding record. There, there's a fairly prominent clarinet in a lot of the songs, which is something we talk about here as well. And uh, yeah, it's really cool. So if, if you're a jazz fan, if you like um, piano, I mean, Will is kind of the guy locally as far as jazz piano goes and uh it was great to have him on the show so here's a clip from an interview and a song from the album is this a dream this is maybe uh, i'm not sure this is accurate but upon like when i first listened to it the first thing that struck me from sort of the beginning was that it sounds i'm trying to think the best way to explain this it sounds like there's a lot of playing happening on, on like right from the get-go on the record. Whereas, I mean, I've heard some of your other records and that's definitely there in certain parts, but it just seems like on this record, there's a lot of songs that are very, I don't know if dense is the word, but there, there's a lot of music happening sort of all at once. Um, whereas, <laughs> I mean, I've heard some of your other stuff that is somewhat more sparse. I don't know if that's, if that's accurate or if that's. No, you're more. right. It, 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 you're right. It did end up being a pretty dense record. Um, I don't know how that happened. It just kind of died. <laughs> I was I was hearing a lot of a lot of chords and a lot of harmonies and uh, a lot of different textures too. Like I was really getting into different combinations of the instruments I used, so I, I thought that was like a really important element of the album. Is um, I've got clarinet on there, which is, clarinet and vocals is a bit of a uncommon combination, and then um, the the opening track has like clarinet and arco like bowed bass okay as well. there's actually two bass players on there um i thought that was really cool i don't know if i've ever heard that combination before either so i was really into the different textures and that kind of stuff so well it so how does that stuff work then if you're playing in the live setting because obviously in a live setting depending on where you're playing and who you're playing with you're not going to have necessarily the same amount of people on stage you're not necessarily going to have the same instruments maybe you don't have a clarinet that day or whatever um you know when you have something that's dense like that is that something you would just skip if you're in a, in a smaller group or would you reinterpret it to sort of fit with the instruments you have available yeah it, it depends what i have available um like for example i just did a, a tour with a bunch of this music and I had this ensemble of uh, the like the basic group of this record, which was the clarinet, voice, piano, bass, and drums. Okay. Um, so I was able to do most of this just as as it sounds on the record. But like I didn't have that arco bass, so like because that was a separate bass player. 
Um, and then I didn't have, uh, there's one track that has alto saxophone. So I wasn't able to, so, so like, I just didn't do those tracks. Like there's three songs on there. I didn't do. Um, and then we did a bunch of music from the previous record as well, which actually has alto saxophone. Okay. Um, so I just, I just actually transposed all those parts for clarinet and they worked fine because it's kind of a similar range. So, um, so those ones I was, I was able to do like pretty much all of the songs from that record. So, but you know, if I didn't have clarinet, I don't know, like that's a pretty important part of the sound of this record. And it would have honestly been pretty hard to do. Like I might've just done some, I, I might've been able to do it with saxophone if I yeah. rearranged it, probably would have worked fine. I think it would have lost a little bit of the, uh, the sound of like what makes it what it is, but I probably would have transposed the parts for saxophone. If I didn't have a horn at all, I, I would just do different music. Right, right. Part. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Why, why clarinet this time around? What, 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 what drew you to the clarinet for these songs? Um, well, I mean, like I said, like I, I kind of, when I meet and play with musicians I really like, I, I just kind of make that decision. Like if I have an upcoming recording I want to do, maybe this is the person I want to use. So I met Virginia in Toronto when I was spending about a year there and i just really liked her sound she plays uh she plays the instrument in a kind of a different way from a lot of clarinet players like she plays it maybe more like with more of an approach that a saxophonist would normally take and um i just really liked that sound so that's i, I it was just because of this specific person you know as opposed to like wanting clarinet in the first place um yeah so that's that's kind of what led to that. Sure, sure. No, that makes sense. Um, what has uh, okay? Well, actually, maybe before we go to the next topic here about the clarinet. It, it, now that you've done this, now that you have this record that has you know a fairly prominent clarinet in a lot of the tracks, um, is that something you you hope to kind of use in your repertoire going forward? Is more clarinet um, involved in what you're doing? Possibly, yeah. I mean, I, I have a couple other projects I'm planning. Like, I, I would like to do. Um, a solo piano record and i'd like to do um one or two trio records like just piano bass and drums as well so yeah i, I would like to do some more with her in the future with virginia um but probably not for a while I, just because i have just because i have some other projects lined up right now but yeah for sure i mean i'd love to do some more what yep. has what has the reception to this record been so far? I mean, I know I know it's I know it's very recently been released, but you're also coming off you know uh, a, a Duno victory and, and a very you know well received record before this. Mm. So I mean, I, I imagine there's a some amount of pressure. I think we probably talked about this last time you were on the show because you had just you had just won. But um, yeah, what, what what is that like now, knowing that you have this out in the world and, and people have this maybe higher expectation on you than they did uh, a few years before? Um, you know. I yeah, someone else asked me this the other day, and I, I told them that like actually I feel less pressure because like I already have this award, and um, I don't particularly care if I get it again. <laughs> I mean, it'd be nice, but like I actually feel less pressure now. Like I, I just made a record that I really liked the sound of. I I, I believe in all the music, and it, I really, I didn't feel like I compromised on it in any way or anything like that. Like I just, I just played the music I wanted to play. I wasn't even, I, w I wasn't thinking about like winning more awards or anything like that. So actually it's been great. Like it's been um, not, not too much, not, no pressure for me really that I'm feeling. Um, it's, it's starting to get some good reviews. Like it, like, yeah, like you said, it was just released a couple of weeks ago. So I'm, I'm still kind of waiting on, on getting some more feedback on it, but um based on what was happening on this tour we just did we played a bunch of the music the audiences seemed to really love it cool people were buying records and they seemed to be loving the music so yeah it's been going great that's awesome yeah, yeah. That's, what, that's what that's what you want right you want that kind of yeah. reception to it yeah
That was a clip and a song from number 18, Will Bonus, Is This a Dream? Coming up next at number 17 on my list is the album Nothing for Granted by Len Bowen. And Len has been a, a semi-regular guest on the podcast. I think he's had four appearances uh, on his own as an interviewee. And he's also appeared twice or maybe even three times now as a member of Shades. Uh, you know, he's a, a member of the local rap scenes kind of... Uh, early uh, pioneers, I guess, if you want to call it. Next school pioneers, if you want to call them that. That's a terrible joke uh, related to a Shades album title. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's been very, very prominent in the local music scene uh, as far as hip-hop. He's been extremely prolific over the past few years, kind of since the pandemic. And uh, we talk about that. This album, which I I picked up on tape uh, earlier this year, uh, has very strong um, nods to his West Indian heritage. it's, as always, really strong lyrically. Um, I think Len is one of the best rappers in Winnipeg. And uh, yeah, it was, it's gr- always great to have him on the show. Always great to hear the new stuff he's doing. And this one was especially good because, uh, like I said, I got to pick up a cassette copy. So you can hear a clip from our most recent interview. And then there's a song from Nothing For Granted, Len Bowen. You seem like you've been very prolific. And I think you just uh, explained that in that you've done, you know, it's your fourth project since 2000, yeah. 2020, which is three years i mean that's a a lot of music to put out in that time is that i mean i guess like what what, what's caused that what has caused this do you have are you unable to stop like do you have all this all these songs coming out of you that you just can't not do because that's i mean regardless of how often you released before that for anyone i think that's a pretty heavy amount of music to to put out in a short period of time yeah yeah a lot of it to be perfectly honest is just um it's 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 my own therapy it's it's it was me dealing with everything that was happening to myself and everyone else around me um during the pandemic and just something in me just being honest with myself about where i am and where i thought i should be and did i really put in enough work and just looking at myself and looking at peers around me, guys who I came up with, seeing where certain people are and knowing that I knew them at a certain point in my life and we were, you know, basically on the same page and I saw what they put in, the work they put in and where they were versus where I saw myself. And I just had to be honest with myself. I know what I'm capable of. And I'm not in competition with anybody. I'm I'm on, you know, this golf course competing against myself. And I and um, you know, I'm really just trying to push myself to the limit and and really um, accomplish personal goals. You know what I mean? Um, I saw an interview once where someone said, "If you're around somebody long enough, and they're trying to do something, you can see you you start to." observe patterns and behaviors and um things like that and you can tell why someone is where they are versus where they could potentially be and i had to just look at myself honestly in the mirror and you know just confront a lot of things and um and i know what i'm capable capable of regardless of what anybody else might think and i'm and i'm I'm basically on this journey trying to reach that that goal, you know. So, for people who have heard your your other records that have come out during this this short burst of time here, what what what's sonically different about this one? What can people expect um, to hear that maybe they may not have heard on, on previous records? It's just a bigger sound. It's it's a heavier sound. Um, there's a lot more um, of my West Indian roots as far as the production goes. And um, it's just it's just more personal. It's more personal than it it's it's ever been. It's it's a it's a it's the biggest, thickest, widest uh, sound you've heard Len Bowen on. Like everybody who heard Toast Up, the first single, yeah. They, uh, the the response I've gotten so far is you know it's a current sound, but I made it my own. Um, you know, not something they expected to hear me on. And I'm sure the second single is pretty much the same thing. And I'm cool with that. I'm comfortable in my own skin. I've been doing this a minute. And, um, you know, it's always uh, quality over quantity with me. So, um, you know, 
I don't see it as taking any risk. It's it's just me growing as an artist. So, and I guess that's the type of thing where there's not really an end point, right? You're still going to be growing as an artist five, exactly. 10, 15 years down the road, regardless of what you're doing. It's going to you could that's going to develop. I mean, even though yeah. you've been doing this for as long as you have already, I mean that's that's changed sort of throughout, and then that's something that keeps keeps on going. Yeah, yeah. I'm not uh, I'm not concerned with you know calling it a day tomorrow or or the next week or the next year. Where I'm just seeing how it goes and um, just not really dwelling on you know a lot of a lot of the things that people try to throw on hip hop about, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, it's, it's only for, you know, the youth or, yeah. you know, um, anything like that, you know, it's music and, it, and, and right now it's the most popular genre of music. So don't try to put a, an age cap on it or anything like that. Just respect it for what it is and, and the art and the poetry of it and, and, all of the good things about it, you know, yeah. um, there's, there's people who are parents who are grandparents that were raised on hip hop and have some of the best memories of their life through hip hop music, you yeah. know, and that's, and that's something to feel good about. Sure. There's a lot of negative things about it as well, but I mean, I'm sure that's for any genre that you listen to. So, you know, I just, any type of negative stigmas, I'm just it 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 doesn't um, it doesn't phase me at all. It's music. Well, I think that a lot of people who say things like "oh, it's just young people's music" or whatever, they're not considering that hip hop's been around for 50 years now, and it's become exactly. this this, large, this umbrella genre like jazz, like like rock and roll, like like anything really country that has all of these offshoots. So there, yeah, there is a style of hip hop that is primarily for young people but there's so many other subgenres and offshoots and, and and different ways of of creating art in that form that 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 anyone can do right that aren't uh, that doesn't have a an age limit or or a, a, any kind of cultural identity it, it can be for literally anyone because this it's not just a, a monolithic thing anymore right and you know there's there's multiple hip-hop artists who've been inducted into the rock and roll hall of totally. fame so I mean, that that alone says enough. You know, it, it's time to give it some respect. And um, you know, even in Winnipeg, coming up, making hip hop music, performing in different venues, you can it it it's it's always a struggle. You know, you're you're dealing with guys who are, you're dealing with sound men who who you can totally tell when when they're doing a hip hop show, their attitude towards doing like a rock show or a punk show or yeah. what have you. Um, maybe because, you know, 80% of the time there's not a live band behind them or whatever the case may be, but you know, it, it's time to give it a bit more respect. Yeah. You know, it's overdue. It's overdue. Yeah. Well, if it's not now, when he, when he's got to get it at some exactly. point, right? 50 years exactly. down the road, it's got to be long enough to, to have established itself as a respectable and, and, and worthy genre of music. But I guess there's still some people who maybe don't think that way. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely want to be a part of, you know, changing that mindset. Yeah. Yeah. So sweet, me say, she's so fine. You know me half a try get chilling behind me line. Say, she's so sweet, me say, she's so fine. Man can't lie, say she buck a man try. Oh my, oh my, sweet little thing, no she run my mind. Oh my, oh my, maybe we should slide wash away with she the time. She's going through the motion, nothing to do the approaching to hit the sheets. No way it's going, same ocean, different beach. Always talking at you and never to you. We'll say the conversation never moves you. City small thinks you need a new destination. Where we from, everyone, six degrees separation. Say the flex, do much more and talking less. Yes, that's how you get on the court and off the bench. She's so sweet, Missy. She's so fine. You know me, half I try to get chilling, me on me lines. She's so sweet, Missy. She's so fine. Man, can't lie, say she buckle. Come on, try. Oh my, oh my. 
we little thing know she run my mind. Maybe we should slide wash away with the tide. Just how you trying to shoot my shot Which way I gotta aim to get my point across Told her she a vibe, she a mood can tell you official Baby girl fully loaded, all the bells and whistles Stayed engaged, throw your head a long day Friends ain't doing shade, yelling flag on the plate Loving that said tonight you had so much fun in fact You might just have to run it back Tired of pretentious princesses in suburban prisons Who grew up on visas and parental indifference I want intelligent things with thoughts and opinions That can challenge my mind and leave an impression I need a queen to rock with funk jazz Sound and soul too Someone I can show BB King in the Memphis Blues A simple chick to kick it with Someone I'm clicking with We intimate, getting into it The illa chick oh I Sweet little thing, no, she run my mind. Oh, my, oh, my. Maybe we should slide, wash away with the tide. Oh, my, oh, my. Sweet little thing, no, she run my mind. Oh, my, oh, my. Maybe we should slide, wash away with the tide. Shorty wanna slide with me. Champion lover, Miss a lover man, Miss a lover lover, never played the side chick. She the front from the dimples, dumb sick, soft skin. No, she trouble, 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 no, she trouble. Oh my, oh my, sweet little thing, no, she run my mind. Oh my, oh my, maybe we should slide wash away with the tide. That was a clip and a song from number 17, Len Bowen, Nothing for Granted album. Coming up at 16 is a band called Neighbor Andy, which was new to me. Uh, They'd been recommended by a few people as someone who was doing big things locally that I should have on the podcast. And they recently released their album, I believe it was their debut, called Wild One. So this was a band that was completely new to me. Um... I was expecting just, you know, based on the name, which really doesn't tell you much, some kind of, you know, typical indie rock sort of project, like a lot of bands in Winnipeg. I I was not expecting this really kind of lush, pretty uh, country vibes and and really, really big uh, twangy sound and great lyrics. And and yeah, it's way softer than I thought it was going to be, but way more kind of um, deeper and and more involved and and really great songwriting. And so it was was a pleasure to talk to these guys. I think I talked to... um, four or five members of the band on the podcast. And I really like Wild One. It was a surprise record for me in that I, w- I had no expectations um, coming into it. And I was pleasantly surprised. So you're going to hear a clip from my conversation with a bunch of members of Neighbor Handy and a song from Wild One. Do you feel like this is a more sort of um, definitive version of your sound than the EP was? I mean, again, they're fairly close, really, on the calendar, uh, apart in the scheme of things, but now that you've, like you said, it's a more mature-sounding record, you have these other influences that maybe weren't clear on the EP or maybe weren't as strong, do you think this is more sort of what the Neighbor Andy sound is, or is that constantly shifting and, and, and moving? I think the second answer is probably a bit closer. Like, I think it's an evolution. You know, yeah. this was all of our first serious music project in which we were writing and recording our own music. So the EP was the first time that the, the five of us had been in a studio and recorded our own original music before. Um, so, you know, I think, you know, the, the breadth kind of of the, the full length and as Mark alluded to the maturity, I think that's something that we're starting to get the hang of. But in terms of what that final sound looks like, I think we're pretty good as a unit about not shooting ideas down and about being for whatever sounds good and sounds cool and, can you know be be a fun song to to get down on so i don't know per se maybe the other guys feel differently but i don't think that we're at any point in time kind of finding our sound yet i think we're still enjoying the the broadness of what we're we're kind of bringing to the table yeah yeah i don't think we know yeah i think think that and that's what has been like so fun about making the song making the ep and then making the album is like we don't there's not one way that we do it. There's not one sort of style that we like. So, I mean, just even looking out from what we're going to do next, it's like, we have no idea what it's going to sound like. And that's like, that's super exciting to me anyways. I think that's the fun thing about having five guys all having, I mean, equal input in the, uh, in songs. Like 
in the album alone, like there's, we have songs like Pacifica or Last Call that are kind of like indie rockers, but then you have like Finding My Way to You and, and like slower, but beautiful songs as well. Like it's, we're all over the place just because, I mean, like I said, there's five guys, so it's, uh, yeah. it's tough to, tough to say where it's going to go. I mean. Well, that's, 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 that's totally, totally fair answer. Um, sort of a jump off from that question is how, how long ago were these songs written? Like how long have you guys been sort of, uh, working on this, getting this album together? And then I have another question after that, but just, first of all, how long have these been sort of in the, in the works before the album came out? I think it was basically since last October, like we played, uh, our EP release show last year, I think in September. Um, so that was up until that point, that was like our big goal was to put out some kind of recorded music and play, you know, play a show to a bunch of people. And then we had done that. And then at that point, it was time for us to kind of say, okay, what do we want to do now? And from the moment we decided we wanted to do an album, which I think was like last October, um, I, I think we got right into the songwriting right, right after that. So it, it was about a, a full year. Okay. Yeah. Well, and, and the reason I ask that is because, I mean, like like we've kind of just discussed, uh, the band is, the sound is evolving, it's maturing, it's changing. How much have things changed sort of since those were written? Like, where are you now? Do those songs, I'm sure you're playing them, that's the kind of stuff you're going to play live for the next foreseeable future because it's the new album, because you want people to hear it. But do you feel that the stuff you've been writing since has already changed or shifted or, or progressed or matured beyond those songs? Like, are you already on to the next select collection of songs uh, now that this is sort of out in the world? I think we're relishing and taking a quick creative break here. Um, you know, I think we need a bit of time to to promote the record and enjoy yeah. playing these songs that have been a labor of love and, you know, tighten up and really define and refine our live sound and how we want to play an instrument and compose these songs on a, on a live scale. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I don't think in the immediate future there is no plans to make a, like, focused effort to write new music, but I definitely knowing how our group operates that somebody might just be fooling around one day and have a baseline or a chord progression or a groove or something that they want to share and then we'll get cooking on it. So, yeah, I mean, I know that's kind of a cop-out answer, but at this point in time, I think we're definitely working on promoting the album and, and really trying to put together a tight live show to, to do that the next bit. Cool. Well, as far as the live show goes, how how much do these songs on the recording, how well do they translate live? I mean, is everything that's on the record something you can play um, kind of faithfully live or, or are there different, are the, the songs change? Are they altered? Are there different versions that you do in a live setting than what people are going to hear on the record? I think they're, uh, sorry. I, well, yeah, sorry. I think, I think they transit really well live. Um, I think some of them we've, we've played them so many times live before recording them that we've kind of gotten to know the song so well. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's it's our music. I like listening to it, but I I find that it's almost better live because there's more emotion to it in the live show. Um, I mean, songs like "Taking Flight," which I think truly soars, no pun intended, when we play it live. It our our album really translate translates well to a to a live show because I I think we all started this band. Well, when we when we started the band, we we focused on playing live only, so moving our live shows to the recording studio is just kind of sorry kind of got lost in train of thought but we wrote our songs kind of to play live if that makes sense it does it does you don't have like 12 uh, overdub guitar tracks that you can't pull off uh, in a live setting yeah 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 that's right like when one of the biggest breakthroughs i think we had in the studio uh in terms of like being efficient at recording the songs like our producer will grierson um he just said you know just come in and and lay the tracks down as you would play them live or as you would practice them in the basement like okay. they shouldn't be different than that like there must be something that's working about the song when you're playing it as a group that you know if you can just do that here in the studio then it's it's going to translate well so i think that was a big breakthrough for us um but i think one one of the big challenges or not challenges but um, one of the things I think we can get better at is like uh, playing the slow ones more like it just takes a lot of time and experience and composure to sort of like play the slow ones as they're, you know, sort of meant to be played. And it's hard to command a, a big room full of uh, your friends that have, you know, had a couple of beers like, <laughs> uh, you know, to play the slow ones and sort of like command their attention. I think we're still learning how to do that. And I think uh, we will definitely at some point. But 
I feel like the the sort of more fast paced ones were pretty good at it now, but the slower ones, it's uh, going to take some time to uh, do it justice as it, as it is on the record. That was a clip from my interview with Neighbor Andy and a track from the album Wild One, which came out earlier this year. And to wrap up this episode of my favorite albums of the year, so this is going from 20 to 15. Uh, the next one's going to, you know, pick up the next section, which will be from uh, whatever the next five are. I can't do math. I don't want to count. It's Christmas, whatever. Um, so coming up next to wrap up this episode is The Rules, which are a great local punk band. Um, I was really happy to hear they had a new record coming out this year. It's called Exit Wounds. Uh, unexpected i mean as expected it was great um i loved their first album i love this one and uh yeah it's super catchy super earwormy uh very pop big pop hooks and uh this is a clip from my conversation with all three members of the rules uh including <laughs> i had to include this clip because there's a part where i accidentally insult them i didn't mean to but as you can tell uh from the interview um i said something really dumb and it's kind of funny uh but i think you get the uh in, the impression from this clip anyway that i'm um you know very big fan of what they do and i i can't wait to hear more uh coming from them so this is a song from the album exit wounds by the rules were these songs that you were working on prior to the pandemic or are they all stuff that you've been able to put together sort of they after? were all they were all written prior to the pandemic we were playing i think we were playing most of these shows these songs live at our shows before the pandemic ever happened so 
when I say we put everything on pause, it was true. We we didn't write any. I mean, I don't think we wrote anything during the pandemic. I feel like we did. No, I, th- I feel like we added a couple in the pandemic. Did we not? We might have. But the ones we ended up recording were all songs we were playing live already or had been written already. So... So what does it feel yeah. like then to be, to be, you know, now these songs are finally getting, going to get out there in recorded form and you've obviously had them sitting for a while in terms of uh, wanting to presumably get them out there to, to, to listeners. Um, does it feel weird now that you're, you know, a few years on with some of these songs and they're finally going to see the light of day in a recorded form? A little bit. A little bit. I think we're just finally like, okay, hey, let's just do this. Yeah. Let's get it out. And like, maybe we're kind of over listening to them right now. Yeah. But, um, no, it's been time just to get it out. Yeah, it's it's uh, it, well, it's exciting because I think there's some of them that we've um, wanted to have everybody here for a while. So, yeah. Well, that makes sense. What is the? Uh, I mean, for people people who've heard the first uh, the first record, what is the what is the difference uh, as far as the, the the sound of the band? I mean, you know, I've you you were nice enough to give me an advance listen to the record, and I I really like it. Um, I, I like the previous one, so it's not a surprise. But I do have a lot of things I wanted to talk about uh, regarding how it sounds. But just just from your perspective, how, how has the band changed? Um, how has the sound sort of developed over the time between the two releases? Does anyone want to take that? I feel like the production's upped this time. And I feel like that's down to JP. Mm-hmm. He, he just like amped up our sound. Yeah. Well, that was, uh, I mean, that was, that was something that I noticed as well, for sure. It sounds, I was trying to think of, think of a way to say it because it saying it sounds polished is kind of like, I don't want to be like offensive because you're, you know, essentially a punk band and polished and punk rock don't necessarily go together, but it sounds more um, like it sounds bigger and it sounds more, uh, it sounds tighter and bigger and, and louder. And uh, that, that I, that's obviously got, got something to do with it. It's just going to, to get him to, to put that together for you. Well, that's JP. Like we, we did the first DP with him, but I think the second time around, he knew what we wanted in terms of, okay, we want to take this a step further. And I think that's literally what we said. And um, I think he made us sound amazing. Like I, I'm still kind of blown away <laughs> by how great it turned out. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's really cool. I mean, like comparing the two, I listened to the the new one and then I listened to the, the previous EP and yeah, there is something, um, it, it, does, it, it does sound again, not polished, but, but, but it sounds like the production values have gone up. It sounds like it went from like a, you know, a $10 uh, recording to a hundred dollar recording. If that, if that makes sense. Ooh, it's ouch. <laughs> I, I, I'm just using random numbers. I don't mean that in neg- yeah, well, 10,000, whatever, but you, you know, like, uh, <laughs> Here, I, 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 <laughs> um, I think that the, maybe the way I would describe it is the first record was kind of an experiment. Sure. We were a brand new band and we just wrote a few songs and we were like, we want to record these. We didn't even have a sound yet, whereas I think after a few years, bands develop a sound. And didn't we do it all in a day the first time? We just like went in the studio. We're like, what? What can we I do? Think it was like, two days. Oh, I we had. We days. did right. Yeah. Just vocals on the second day. I think so. And then the third, the second time around was more than two days. But I don't yeah. know. Was it like four days, five days? I don't remember. But it was more. That was a year ago. We recorded it a year ago, so it's been a little while. But um, we definitely spent more time on it. Well, I mean, it comes yeah. through, and again, not not to be uh, here. Here, I'm insulting you with the ten dollar, hundred dollar thing, but uh, <laughs> I meant comparatively. It, it, it sounds, that, yeah, yeah, I believe it. I believe it. Um, <laughs> but I think, um, like, do you think that over that time, just 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 you've developed, uh, minus the pandemic, obviously, when you couldn't get together and, and rehearse and stuff. But do you think you've developed sort of, uh, you've gotten tighter and just gotten better at, at writing songs together as a band? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think like after a certain period of time, you know each other's language without having to say anything. I know that Johanna and I for sure have this thing where I'll, I'll just look at her, like she's a guitar player too, and sometimes I can't explain what I want. And I'll just kind of look at her and go, eh, I want this much. She'll go, oh yeah, just do it like this. Or I'll add in this. Like, I don't think we had that in the very beginning and we have it, I think we have it now. What do you guys think? Yeah, I agree. Yeah.
And that, my friends, is the first episode of these best of uh, album of the year episodes I'm doing for 2023. Uh, Stay tuned. Uh, Next episode is coming out later this week, I think, depending when you hear this. And I'm going to do, I guess, a total of four. Uh, Last year I did two or maybe three. But this year there's going to be four of them because there were so many great records. Uh, And this doesn't even touch the surface. I mean, like I said, I cut my list down from 40 to 20. And it's also worth saying that anything that came out kind of in December uh, isn't included in this list. It's going to have to be pushed over to next year because I feel like I wouldn't have had time to fully absorb it and give it enough of a listen the way I have with these other records. So you have albums by people like um, uh, Lounge FM, uh, great album. It didn't qualify for this list this year. Um, It probably would have ended up, you know, somewhere in the top 10. I think I really like it. But uh, Rob Crooks and Kit Willman's uh, Gazogene album, same thing. It doesn't really qualify because of uh, how late in the year it came out. Uh, There's a new Scott Nolan record, which is excellent. Again, same thing. So stay tuned for some of these in next year's uh, album rundown. But uh, yeah, stay tuned uh, more sooner. Stay tuned more sooner for uh, the next uh, installment of my favorite albums of the year, which is going to be very exciting because we get closer and closer to my favorite record uh, that was released by a local artist in 2023. Thanks again for listening, everybody.